You definitely do. There's some of the different companies out there focus on different pieces of the market. So you have hosting providers out there that really focus on, we call them like the hobbyist audio creators. So it's people who play around with audio. They're probably never going to launch all that many episodes. They don't have, they're not looking at it with kind of a professional eye. And most of those platforms are free or very, very low cost. Hey, I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Culture Changers, the podcast that brings you unconventional wisdom by uncommon people. Together, we are shattering old paradigms to reshape our world and inviting you to make your own mark. Did you know that 31% of podcast listeners listen to six or more shows per week? And 14% of that 31% listen to more than 11 shows per week. Wow, that's a lot of shows. I wonder what speed they're listening to on. But how many shows are you subscribed to? I'm really curious to know, and I hope that you'll text me. You can just shoot me a text at 470-242-6311. Again, text me at 470-242-6311. I'd be curious to know how many shows you've subscribed to and what are some of your favorites? Some of my favorites, I love Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. It is so funny, and I always learn a ton, too. It's so thought-provoking. Don't Keep Your Day Job is just excellent. It is a brand new on my, on my list of things to listen to, but it is so well done. The commercial break is hilarious, and Story Brand always bats home runs every episode. And I've been obsessed with dying for sex recently. Um, I love to get lost in a drama. And the list goes on and on. I'd be so interested to know what shows I should be listening to. Um, So please text me and let me know. But I just checked my podcast app and I've subscribed to exactly 40 shows. And it's no secret that podcasting has exploded and has become big business. It is such a great option to listen while you're doing other things. So it is it is the perfect option to kind of absorb information, whether it's getting lost in a story or learning or being inspired by, by something else. And with COVID, more people are exercising their creative muscles and getting into the game And even more people are listening than ever. In fact, there are now 1.2 million podcasts out there. And I wanted to get to the source of what makes a good podcast and how to effectively grow it. So today's guest is Janine Wright. Janine is the COO and Chief Legal Officer and early investor of Simplecast. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really, really powerful that a female is an executive at a growing company, a very big company, um, or a growing company. She is the COO, Chief Operating Officer. She is a lawyer and an investor. What a great trifecta. So I want to acknowledge that because I think I'm, I love seeing female, uh, female executives and especially one that is so accomplished. But Simplecast, so she's the, um, she's the COO, CLO, investor of Simplecast. Simplecast is a podcast hosting and analytics platform that was recently acquired by SiriusXM Pandora. And a podcast hosting platform, if you're not familiar with it, is a central source where creators upload their show 
and can broadcast it out to all the listening platforms like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. using an RSS feed and get analytics to be able to track what's happening with their show. Simplecast is known in the marketplace as being incredibly simple to use and is probably the best analytics out there. So good that you can track behaviors like how long people are listening, do they skip through parts or commercials, what speed are they listening to, what platform are they listening to, do they listen on their Apple Watch, do they listen through the web, do they listen on their phone? Where are they listening to it? Are they are they listening through smart home like Alexa? So you can track all of those things, unique listeners and returning listeners. And if you're thinking, wow, that would be really cool to know. Well, you know I've got a discount code for you in the show notes if you're thinking of starting your podcast or switching to Simplecast. So certainly go there. But Janine had so much great tactical and practical guidance on how to set up your show for success, grow your audience, and engage with your community. I know you're going to get so much out of this chat. Now, if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you found me. And my promise to you is that I will deliver valuable content every single week. Stories that will shift your perspective, culture changers that will draw you in and inspire you, guidance from experts that will help you level up in your own life, and above all, stir you into your own action. And if you are returning to the show, welcome back. I am thrilled to keep this conversation going with you. I have so many goodies for you from the show in the show notes. Are you wanting cut to the chase, step-by-step guidance to successfully launch and grow your podcast? I got you. Interested in figuring out the right equipment? Yep, that's covered too. I frequently post how-tos and perspective shifting <laughs> perspective shifting guidance in my blog. You can sign up at allisonhair.com forward slash blog and stay in the know. And maybe you just want to follow my cute kids and snarky comments on social media. Sure, 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 sure. In the show notes, click everything and let's be friends. Okay, now to my chat with Janine Wright of Simplecast. But again, I can't thank you enough, Janine, for joining. It's It's been really interesting because the way I had found you, and we're here with Janine Wright, um, COO and Chief Legal Officer of Simplecast, which is a podcast hosting platform. And what I thought was interesting with you is that when I started podcasting, I started on Simplecast. I loved it. It was so easy to use. And I went to a podcast conference where another hosting provider just had a much bigger presence. And I was like, I wonder if that'll help me. And it had like all kinds of bells and whistles. So I left and it was awful. (laughs) And it was just not, it was just not the greatest thing. And then when I was looking to switch again, I posted in the She Podcast. um, It's a closed Facebook group that is a great, loyal, uh, incredibly supportive resource uh, for female podcasters. And I think I posted something that I'm looking, I'm looking at another hosting provider and here's what I want. And I wanted to, you know, connect with WordPress and all of this stuff. And you had jumped in, the COO of Simplecast, and said, you know, here are some great reasons. Here's a discount code. And then all of these people started following you and saying, that's pretty amazing 
that uh, the COO herself would jump in and try and solve your problem. And so um, I did go back to Simplecast and it's so much better. It's just so easy. The analytics are so simple. And, um, and I, so I, I run this, uh, I have a podcast called culture changers and I also teach podcasting. Um, so I have like an online interactive course. And so, um, for me, it was really important to be able to understand what the market looked like. And I thought, well, let me interview Janine. <laughs> so here you are. So Janine, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about um, yourself and and a little bit about Simplecast and we can dig in. And, and really the premise for this conversation is to have a better understanding of the podcast industry today and what's next and maybe some best practices for people that are either in the podcast industry or thinking about starting a podcast. That's a lot. I should probably let you talk. Sure. No, no, no. That's great. And what what a great story that is. And so flattering. We should put that on our website. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I love um, having podcasters come home to Simplecast. I love hearing podcasters having a good experience on Simplecast. And I really love engaging with um, podcasters, uh, all podcasters, not just on our platform, but in particular podcasters um, who are fans of our platform online. Um, and uh, and maybe it's because I have a six-month-old baby and I spend quite a bit of time uh, you know, breastfeeding and scrolling through my phone. And so I, it's an opportunity for me to really connect with our customers during, during that time when I have the baby on my lap and I can't be on my laptop. <laughs> I think what's nuts too is that I was thinking about you and your year has been insane that you had a baby COVID hits immediately following the world shuts down and, uh, and all of a sudden, um, the podcast world is changing and then, um, COVID hits and then Simplecast gets bought out by Sirius XM Pandora. And, uh, oh my goodness, this has been an insane year for you. <laughs> this has been an insane year for sure. I have two boys that are seven and nine, and then um, my daughter was born on Valentine's Day, and mm. so she's just about to be six months old. And to have all of those things happen at the same time, and uh, we're in Los Angeles, so the kids are at LAUSD, and then they um, no longer could go to school, and so then we had kind of the homeschooling that was on top of that, and uh, it was yes, a crazy convergence of a lot of things happening at once and really uh, challenged my ability to be able to do everything all at the same time and reminded me of the importance of deciding really what things need to be done and what things don't need to be done and how to prioritize. One of the things I think is so fascinating about you or something I wanted to acknowledge you on is that you are a female tech investor and an angel investor and one of the first investors in Simplecast. And I've done some studies and some homework on Silicon Valley and investors, and it is like 2% of female businesses get invested upon and, and so much less for women of color than that. And I, I want to acknowledge you because I think it's so important to have more females in power that are changing the scales and tipping the scales of challenging the status quo of, of what does better look like and what are some ideas. And you're probably pitched a ton 
And I'd love to know your origin story to Simplecast and how you were able to understand that this was something worth investing in and how it's grown from there. Sure. Um, yeah. So really, uh, it starts because I was in, in, I graduated law school. I went to USC. Um, and like people who graduate law from USC <laughs> tend to do, I went into entertainment law. And so I worked at a law firm for six or seven years doing uh, talent side entertainment work primarily. Uh, and I had this big case that ended up going to trial for a talent agency. And uh, I just had my first baby. And the case was really intense. I mean, one of the toughest uh, periods of my life of all of the prep work that needed to be done for the case. Um, and uh, besides it being a lot of work, I also had a small baby at home. And so I was trying to balance both of those things. And it was a great opportunity for me because I uh, was able to first chair the trial and I was still a relatively young lawyer and that doesn't happen very often. Uh, so it was a two week jury trial in downtown Los Angeles. I ended up being great. I mean, we, we won, which was fantastic. And we even got an attorney's fees award, which is pretty rare. And I think everybody at the firm thought, um, well, that's it. Janine um, has the bug and she's going to be a lawyer at a law firm for the rest of her career. And I remember thinking that that was an excellent way to close that chapter of my life mm. and move, move on to the next thing. And really, I mean, to be completely honest, especially because you asked the question about um, what it's like to be a woman in, in tech. Um, it was the first time that I realized that I needed to make a decision um, for my family, not just for my career. Um, my baby was about one year old by the time the case ended up going to trial. But in order to go to trial, um, I made the decision to wean him because it would have been too difficult to continue pumping through the trial. And I didn't think that the judge or the jury would tolerate me taking um, breaks to pump and that it would have negatively impacted mm. my client. And, um, and so I, I made that decision, but it bothered me that, um, that I felt like my work was influencing what should have been a decision between like me and my baby. Uh, and I felt like I needed to find something that was still going to be challenging for me career-wise and stimulating for me, um, but that also allowed me to be the kind of mother that I wanted to be. And so I started looking and um, and I felt like the things that I was really enjoying was um, all of the, the tech community that was popping in Los Angeles at that time. The like Silicon Beach was just getting started and there was a lot of buzz around like these new startups happening. And so I started getting involved in like the, you know, tech stars events and the expert dojo and going to these, um, these places where a lot of the times I was the only woman in the room, but I was bringing something different to these communities because I was a lawyer. And a lot of people um, started giving me opportunities to get involved with young companies because I had a legal background and they needed early legal services. So I actually started um, taking equity from small companies in exchange for doing like startup services for some of these um, companies. And so that's how 
I got involved in, I mean, at at that time, it was just sweat equity investing. It Mm -hmm. wasn't actual investing. Um, But I started to get involved in that community. And then when I was ready to make a jump with my day job, um, I looked to the tech community and uh, I got a job as the general counsel of a tech company called Media Temple, um, which did hosting and Uh, data management and domain names. And so it was like hardcore internet infrastructure. And we had at Media Temple, when I started, I think we had about 215 employees and I was the 19th woman. Wow. So (laughs) it was, and it, it, it was uh, an awakening for me to be um, certainly like a gender minority there. Um, And then um, I became pregnant with my second and that was even more unique for that environment because uh, they hadn't had a woman who had been pregnant at the company yet. And so I was designing the uh, maternity leave policy and um, and we actually ended up selling Media Temple to GoDaddy while I was pregnant. Um, and we've repeated that here with um, the sale of Simplecast to Sirius. So my husband jokes that... Um, that he's supportive of me selling another company sometime in the future, but he's pretty done having kids and certainly done having kids and selling companies at the same right. time. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> yeah. so while I was at Media Temple, I was lucky enough to meet Brad Smith, who is the founder of Simplecast. And he had founded and founded a company that was being incubated by Media Temple. And Brad is just He's one of those product visionary people. Um, he can see things before they're cool. And uh, and I certainly don't have that ability, but I feel like I can recognize it now um, in the people who, the very, very rare people out there who really are product visionaries like that. Um, and so when Brad came to me, I mean, it was five, six years ago now and said that, Uh, He had an idea for a company and it was in the podcasting space and he felt like the tools for podcasters were broken and he knew how to fix them and how to take this like antiquated technology of RSS into the future. Um, You know, I mean, I, he almost could have said anything to me and I would have invested because I believed in Brad. Mm. And so I wrote him the first check. It was a very small check, but a check nonetheless. Um, and, uh, and he sold everything and he moved to upstate New York and he hired the first engineer and they like went to work and, um, and then I came in and, and joined the team full time, uh, about two years later, uh, when the company was off and running and was just raising their series a and, and it was, that was interesting because at that time I really got the first opportunity to, um, to hand in hand uh, go out to market and really raise an early financing round um, and to be a woman raising a financing round uh, is very rare and um, I love this yeah yeah so we we talked a lot about um, our strategy and what was going to be my role in the room and what rooms I needed to be in and you know, some of my best memories are actually these 
really tough times of like walking Sand Hill together in San Francisco and trying to figure out what our pitch was going to be and how we were going to convince people to give us more money to let us take simple casts to the next level. And, um, and I was just really lucky to have Brad there who really saw me as an equal and treated me as an equal and made sure that I always had a seat at the table and, and a voice in the room. Like I wasn't, I wasn't just, um, there because I checked a box, you know, I was there because he knew that I had things to add. And, um, and it was, uh, a really tough experience because fundraising is really tough. Mm. Um, but it was a really, certainly a bonding experience between me and Brad and an incredible learning experience for sure. And now to bring you to five, six years later and Simplecast gets bought out by Sirius XM Pandora and how exciting that is to grow. I know you guys host uh, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. It's one of my very favorite podcasts. And oh, good. A lot of um, a lot of really big, well-known shows. I think the um, Anna Ferris one as well. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and uh, I think Akimbo might Unqualified. be. Yes. Yeah. You guys really run the spectrum of enormous shows and that can monetize and scale but also creators and individual creators that can um, start a show and be able to scale throughout. You definitely do. There's some of the different companies out there focus on different pieces of the market. So um, you have hosting providers out there that really focus on the, we call them like the hobbyist um, audio creators. So it's people who play around with audio. They're probably never going to launch all that many episodes. Um, They don't have, they're not looking at it um, with kind of a professional eye. Um, And most of those platforms are free or very, very low cost. Um, And for us, we are really targeting a different sector of the market. We even call our direct-to-consumer segment of of, uh, customers, we call them prosumers because they're really professional consumers. Um, They're willing to invest in, in the product that they're going to use they want to make incredibly high quality audio. They're dedicated to figuring out how to really grow an audience. And they're really um, interested and excited about the analytics, their audience analytics, and leveraging those analytics to figure out how they can both um, make better content. Um, like what does the data tell them that they need to do differently in order to um, make better content to better connect with their audience and grow their audience um, and then how they can use those analytics to most efficiently monetize if that's, you know, what, what their goal is in podcasting. And so we're proud that we have hosted people like Dax Shepard from day one, you know, the first listener all the way up to you know, millions of listeners that he gets um, every month. And so we, we have plans um, that take people from $15 a month all the way up to major publishers, you know, um, Netflix of the worlds that are on Simplecast. And um, it's the, the big success stories for us are the people who like start at the beginning and they build their way through. And um, it's one of the really beautiful things about podcasting is it's totally equal opportunity. Really anybody from anywhere in the world can, um, can make very high quality content and get it out into the world and find an audience and 
and grow really to limitless potential. And um, that's one of the things that I find really exciting about the medium. So I know that you you guys really specialize in in analytics, and I know that you specifically have done a lot of work or at least done a lot of PR and media around what those analytics tell you. What is the story that the analytics say today um, that you're seeing on the back end in terms of podcasting? What are what's what is going what's going on? What's the story? Well, it continues to show that more and more people um, are listening to podcasts um, and that more and more people are listening to more and different kinds of podcasts, um, that people are consuming um, podcasts at different kinds, different times of the day and in different ways, um, that people are actually listening to and discovering podcasts on the web, not just on mobile devices, um, that people are starting to see um, podcasts or listen to podcasts, uh, through smart speakers and other connected audio. Um, I think it's really fun to see the technology, um, pieces and how the, that data is changing and how we see, um, the numbers climbing and the number of people that are listening, like even via an Apple watch or, um, you know, like a home speaker, um, or how they can connect from a car to a speaker, you know, and continue to listen to their audio dynamically. Um, we're also uh, really interested in what's happening with, um, we call it the unique listeners. So being able to see not just um, your overall listening audience number, but really understanding the behavior of the um, people who are listening to your show. And so um what are, what are people's stop starts? What are their skips? What are the speed at which they're listening? Like, what is your stickiness throughout your episode? So how many people are dropping off before the end of your episode? Uh, and then being able to see when you look at your audience on a particular episode, um, how many of those people uh, listen to your last show? How many of those people are going to listen to your next mm. show? So then thinking about... Um, your, uh, both your churn, like how many of these unique listeners are you losing and how many of these people are your super fans are coming back, um, week after week to consume the content that you have. Um, and so those, all of those kinds of ways that we can understand the listening audience are really exciting, but it also feels like we're really just scratching the surface of the potential of audience analytics. You know, if you look at online analytics, um, we're like the subscribers, the kinds of information that they have. Um, we're just at the beginning of being able to really understand podcast listening uh, audience behavior and to be able to provide them with more and more relevant information to them. Like, you know, soon we want to be able to have um, Netflix-like podcast recommendation engines. Um, we want to make it that the content can be um, dynamically populated so that, uh, you know, if you're listening in Baltimore, maybe you get one introduction versus the introduction that you get if you're listening in Los Angeles. Interesting. Or, yeah, I mean, we, and, and now that we have been acquired by Sirius and we're partnering with AdsWiz, AdsWiz has just the most sophisticated, incredible ad technology out there. So what and, does AdsWiz do? I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, so AdsWiz, um, they're the foremost in audio advertising technology. Um, so they're both um, 
they provide technology both to publishers like the podcasters who are um, wanting to put advertisements into their podcasts and they help them with the software that allows them to sell their direct sell um, their ads and also provides them with access to a marketplace to be able to um, find buyers for their remnant ad inventory. Um, and then they provide software and access to the advertisers who are interested in advertising in audio. And as was much broader than podcasting, you know, they, they can do all kinds of audio. But part of the reason why Simplecast was acquired because is because of the synergies between um, Simplecast and AdsWiz and the potential that we have together for what we can do in the podcasting space. And one of the things that I saw that they're doing the other day is they have a, a campaign that will run um, when the when the weather drops below a certain temperature. And it's like, I don't remember the exact ad, but it's something about like weatherizing your pipes or something like that. Wow. You know, so it's like so dynamic that it can really make it so that your content is curated to your experience and is most relevant to you. And it's one of the reasons why advertisers love, love podcasting because it's, it's intimate. It is designed, um, for you. And, um, and there's this level of trust between you and the host. And so when, when I endorse or I include in my content, um, you know, an advertisement, it's not just, um, me pulling something off the shelf that, you know, we'll see if you like it. It's me like curating something that I love and that I want you to try too. And so that's why in podcasting, you see such high, um, you know, uh, response rates to advertisements and such good, you know, loyalty, feel good um, connection between the advertiser and the podcast content. And I'm curious, so I work with a lot of new podcasters, and there are a couple of cornerstones that I think are really, really important for new podcasters to um, to really take into consideration, because I just read a statistic that there are now 1.2 million podcasts out there, and only about half of them are active, meaning they have released a podcast in the past 90 days. And um, there are a couple of reasons, I think, but I wanted to get your opinion on um, on what makes what is what are some of the best practices or the best advice that you can give new podcasters to get out of the gates running and uh, and to do really well where they don't get burned burnt out. I think they call it pod fade, but um, something that would be sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on your purpose and podcasting, right? I think your question was, what are some tips that we could share with people from what we see in the data about what helps with a successful launch and what helps yes. with, with podcasting sustainability? Uh, so there's definitely some things that we see. Uh, we see uh, people who launch with both a trailer and an episode, at least one episode and ideally two episodes are more likely to grow their audience more quickly. Um, and we see that that, that is because... Um, podcast content consumers tend to be uh, bingers. And so if you only release with one episode at the beginning and you don't give them something to go to next, it's like you deprived them of an opportunity to get addicted to you. Interesting. That was um, the question I had too about 
is some people say, should I throw up one? Should I throw up five? Should I throw up 10? Should I do two? So that's really interesting. Yeah. So usually we say two in a trailer. Um, we find that most people don't give themselves um, enough runway to get ready. A lot of people don't realize how long it takes to get approved by Apple, how long it takes to get your episode artwork right and your show notes right and all of those things. So I also find that there are people who love making podcasts, but don't love the work that it takes in order to grow a podcast audience um, or to monetize. So I would really put some time and effort behind what is your growth strategy uh, before you just um, put some audio out there in the world to try and see what happens. Um, so one thing that we see is that people who have successful launches um, tend to do better overall, not just because they had, uh, not because they can repeat that, but because they start with the momentum and the momentum carries them through longer. And you can imagine that uh, people who start and don't get very much traction, it can be very discouraging. Like mm -hmm. one statistic on our side that I always think is really funny is that we have when we get new creators, we'll get new creators that'll come in and look at their analytics and we'll refresh sometimes hundreds of times a day to see who is listening, who is listening, do they like me, did they like me, did they consume it? You know, they almost get like obsessed with these early analytics. Um, and the more established creators will, you know, log in every once in a while to see how it's doing. Um, but in those early days, you're really... Um, your emotions, your the feedback that you're getting as a creator, um, you can be very sensitive to the way that your audience is listening and engaging with you. And so I would think about what your growth strategy is going to be, what success looks like for you, and you know have a have goals built out to uh, achieve that that growth that you're looking to achieve rather than trying to like mark yourself against the Dax shepherds of the world. Yeah, I think I think what's this is the million dollar question, right? Because um when you look on any of the the she podcasts or any of the podcasting Facebook groups, the question is what is a successful launch? What are successful analytics? How do I grow? Um and again, I know it's different for people. Um, and having that magic combination is is hard for people to grasp. And you know, even in my podcast program, you know, I'll tell people try not to put too much into the analytics to begin with. Put on a great, great show and have a great strategy. Know who you're messaging, but in the beginning, consider it for you. Consider it, you know, just have a really, really great show. I don't know if that's the right advice. It just feels right for me. Um, and for me, because people get so, um, so tied up in it. So how is, what have you seen, you know, of all the successful podcasts, especially the ones that start out as uh, an independent creator, what has been the common theme in terms of growth strategy or has there been a, a common thread? Certainly um, people who uh, produce regularly, um, people who are really focused on very high quality content and high quality sound. Um, so 
consumers will listen to a podcast and they won't like it and they won't even know what, why they don't like it. And it's usually because of audio quality. Mm. Like they can't identify it, but it's something is not right in their ear or doesn't, it, it bothers them. So there's a lot of people who I think don't invest enough in ensuring that they really have high quality audio and high quality content. Um, the other thing I'll say about like the, the podcasts that we see that have really healthy linear growth curves um, is usually uh, we see the people that grow faster are the people who have what we sometimes call pop episodes or gateway episodes. So instead of having just like little by little, little by little kind of growth line that looks like you're climbing the side of a hill, the people who grow their audience more quickly are the people whose charts look more like a stair step. And what a lot of them are doing very strategically is they're picking certain episodes to make those episodes exceptional in some way. Like they are putting more sound bites into those episodes. They are, they have a more important, uh, more notable guest in those episodes. They're putting paid promotion or episode swap promotion behind those episodes. Um, And they're really like, instead of thinking about why well, I'm going to market every episode. I'm going to, I got to do this with every episode, which can become, you know, routine and exhausting. They're focusing on one a month or mm. something like that. And um, those episodes then become, we call them gateway episodes because they become discoverability episodes for your audience for the rest of your podcast. So people will discover you for that episode, but then they like you and then they will go back and listen to the rest of your catalog. And then they will, subscribe to your future episodes or come back for your future episodes. And the people who are using this like stair step pop strategy, they tend to grow more quickly overall and have bigger audiences overall than the people who have this kind of linear, like, I just got to get in there and do the same three things that I do every week for marketing. That is amazing. That is like, that is the perfect answer to that too, because I think people, um, try and figure out the marketing and the branding. And because it's so specific to your show, um, which can be different, it could be genre specific, it could be, um, you, you know, so many different factors. So that that was a perfect answer. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's kind of like the analogy of like, when you train yourself to run faster, um, sometimes you have to sprint, right, in yeah. order to shake it up or do something different, or like teach your body to do something different. Um, but if you just go out and do the same run at the same pace every week, um, you know, you'll, you're going to get healthy, get faster, slower. Well, thank you so much, Janine. Yeah. Very nice talking to you too. Thank you. Are you ready to get your voice out into the world after that conversation? You know, one of my main goals is to elevate voices that have a message that matters. So if you want company to help you launch and grow your podcast, go to allisonhair.com forward slash press play and sign up to get more info. Everything is in the show notes. I also hope you'll subscribe to this show and please take a moment to leave a review. It means so much to me is that it helps me shape the future shows with your feedback. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next week.